Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League, presented by 78 Sports. My name is Owen Shadrick. We are back here for episode eight of season six. Thank you guys for tuning in all season long. We'll start by talking about our boys in the major leagues. Jason Voschler, Jeremy Pena, and Aaron Savali are getting done in Major League Baseball. Savali had his debut on Saturday going seven innings, allowing just two hits and striking out three. Jeremy Pena continues to do his thing in Houston, and Jason Voschler already has two home runs to start his young season. In the Futures League, we've got Worcester already selling out games for You Choose the Rules Days. Once again, those are back this summer in Worcester. Be sure to buy your tickets for all Futures League games via each team's website and via our website. We've got a couple of New England teams ranked in the top 25 by Perfect Game, including BC, UConn, and Northeastern. So keep getting it done for our Futures League guys at those schools. And we have roster announcements spread all across the Futures League, guys that are new to the Futures League and guys that are returning, including our interview here for episode eight. It is Wyatt Cameron of the Vermont Lake Monsters. He's back for season number three. He talks about his three summers in Vermont, how much fun he's had, the All-Star game last year, how he's looking forward to the All-Star game this year, 2023 in Vermont. He also talks about his time at New England College and, of course, his manager in Vermont, Pete Wilk, who we all continue to think about and keep in our prayers. The dig in for Pete bracelets, $5 via the link in our caption and on the Vermont Lake Monsters website. Please continue to support that cause. In the meantime, though, we want to get you to this interview. So here is Wyatt Cameron. We are honored to welcome on our next guest here on Back to the Futures. He is a two-year vet of the Vermont Lake Monsters and will be returning for his third season in 2023. It is Wyatt Cameron. Wyatt, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you, Owen? Doing great. And I want to ask this right off the top here. One thing that happened this offseason, unfortunately, was Pete Wilk getting diagnosed with brain cancer. He's currently doing chemotherapy. And I, I wanted you to address that just right off the top here. What uh, what if he and his staff meant to you? And uh, what are some words of encouragement that you have for him as, as he's going through this? They've meant everything to me, honestly. They gave me a chance right away when I was first year back or first year in the league. Uh, they just kind of took a chance on me. I wasn't anything crazy special. I, they weren't really looking to get a lot out of me other than some innings, and then it kind of sparked. So I'm very grateful for the opportunity that they've given me to be able to play in the Futures League and in Vermont uh, and just keep fighting. We Wilk, uh, stay strong. Um, we all need you just like you need us. Um, he's a strong man and he's very hard-willed, so I think he'll be fine. Um, prayers are always out to him and his family, so uh, I hope he gets well soon and kind of starts to bounce back a little bit. I hope to see him in the summer, all all summer long in Vermont. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a tough subject. I kind of hurt when it when I heard it. It was. Uh, it was not an easy one to take in. That's for sure. Yeah, well, we appreciate the kind words. And Pete, we are thinking about you all here in the Futures League and especially in Vermont. I mentioned it off the top. You're returning for the 2023 season. It'll be your third season in Vermont. What led to that decision and how excited are you to be back? Uh, honestly, just like the level of play, how much fun I've had, the amount that I've gained over the past couple summers and the, the fans, honestly, in Vermont are just crazy it's it's electric there's nothing i don't know i've never played in front of such electric and big a fan base and group 
that are always invested in the game. doesn't matter how well you're doing or how bad you're doing. They're always there to support you. So it just makes it a lot easier to come to the ballpark knowing that you have people behind you like that. Uh, also being from Vermont, it is a big, big factor in why I continue to go back just because I can stay at home, see my friends and family all summer and play baseball that is better baseball than I could probably go play anywhere else. So I, that's why I go back every year. Yeah, that's awesome. And from a personal level, that's great. From a baseball perspective, how do you feel like summer baseball has prepared you when you go back for your college season, whether it was a couple of years ago when you were younger or this past year as now a veteran of the league and of your uh, of your school at New England College? Um, it, it's prepared me in a lot of different ways. Um, a lot of ways of keeping my composure out on the mound. Uh, I used to be like a little bit of a firecracker out there sometimes. I still can be, I know that, but I used to be like just a lot more just hopping around the field. Um, it kind of taught me to stay within myself and kind of focus on that pitch at that moment. Uh, and just, I don't know, just not worrying about all the noise and stuff that's going on around you and really focusing on the game that's being played right there. So um, I would say it just made me slow the game down is what I would say they kind of taught me how to do that. So. Yeah, that's great. And playing in Vermont is probably the most noise you're going to get in the futures league. So that's, yeah. <laughs> that's great that you're getting that experience hands on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I'm very lucky for that. So I've talked to a lot of the guys on this podcast that I've returned in years past, and they mention how they want to be voices in the locker room for the guys that are newer to the futures league. When you return this season and there are guys that have not been there this year, what is your advice going to be to them? And how do you plan to be a veteran voice in that locker room for those guys? Um, honestly, just words of encouragement at first, just kind of let them know that it's still baseball. Um, yeah, it's the Futures League and there are some big names and some big schools and kids coming in from big schools and some, but there's also kids like me coming in from small schools. So it's, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, that you can impact the team and you can always help out, can always get better. And it's, uh, it's a great way to come in and just have some fun over the summer and just kind of find yourself as a baseball player. It's very, it's a great league and a great Vermont's a great place to find yourself as a baseball player on the field, the way that you go about your game, just how hard you work and all the coaches are willing to help you out in any way that they can, that you need them to, to be able to get you to that point. So I would say, honestly, just ask questions. Like don't be afraid to ask questions. My first week in the league, my first summer, I was really scared to like go up to people and ask some questions and be like, what do you do here? And then after a while, it just started to become easier. I started to get to know them and I got more comfortable. And once I got more comfortable, it was just so much easier to play and just have fun. So I would say, I don't know, just don't be afraid to ask questions and try to have some fun. Yeah, that's some great advice right there. And let's go back to your first year in 2021. It's not only your first year, but it's Vermont's first year in the Futures League, and you guys come out and win the championship. What did it mean to you to win your first Futures League championship and the first Futures League championship for the Lake Monsters? Uh, it meant a lot, honestly, because I had never really had an opportunity to play in a championship baseball game before up to that point. So that was kind of like my first championship little run going. So that was honestly amazing I couldn't have asked for anything better and it was a dream come true such a great group of guys and the way that that all worked out we lost a lot of the guys we'd had all summer and we picked up some guys that came in and 
were big for us. So that was, uh, was absolutely electric. I couldn't have wanted it any other way. Yeah, you talk about that group of guys. We always, that summer, we talked about how you guys had three different rosters. The, the roster that went out on opening day and yep. won that championship were two completely different things. And there was another roster that won, what was it, 16 in a row in there? Yep. No, 14. But, 14? Yep. But that's still, an insane win streak broke every record alive. That It was it was crazy that you guys just kept winning those games. Yeah, it was unbelievable for us too. We were just trying to keep the train rolling. We weren't trying to think too much about it, and then just see how far we could go. That was that was our goal, just to keep riding it, see show up to the ballpark every day, ready to go, and it worked out for us there for a long time. Yeah, it certainly did work out for you guys in the end, as you came away with that title. And after that season, you were honored with the Lake Monster Award, the Como Award, which is awarded to the top Vermonter by the Lake Monsters. What did it mean to you to win that award, especially being from Vermont? It was it was insane. I was not ready for it at all. I still remember when Wilk walked up to me and was like, yeah, you're going to get an award today. I was like, I had no idea for what or for anything. He was just like, you're just going to come over here and you're just going to go out there and you're going to have to find out for yourself. So it was it was pretty crazy. Um, I still remember the feeling of just excitement and sheer, I don't know. I guess I would say like, ah, and I just, I didn't know what to do or say it's the first, it was, it was awesome. I felt so honored to be honest. Would have never thought. (laughs) Hold on. We'll get right back to back to the futures. But first we want to share a message from our friends at 78 sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in new England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your, kids what they need to work on their game at home our friends at 78 sports can help you put together the perfect at home training setup whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine they have you covered and i've used their stuff before i've seen their facilities they definitely cover everything the team at 78 sports design and install hundreds of at home and commercial sports training facilities so let them help you find the perfect setup for your space Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, the number eight, sports.com. For a limited time only, by just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. As a hometown kid, you it seemed like the Lake Monsters were a pretty easy decision for you to play your summer baseball. But what was the recruitment process like? Who talked to you? How, how did you end up deciding to play in Vermont? I went to the showcase uh, a couple summers ago in Brockton and just threw a bullpen. And I was lucky enough to have Morgan Brown walk up to me and just start the conversation, said that they might be interested, being as I'm from Vermont, it would be easy for me if I didn't need housing and whatnot. So I was like, yep, this sounds like exactly what I wanted for. I was coming here to look for Vermont only pretty much just so I could stay at home, work and play baseball still. So it it was through Morgan Brown and Brockton and that was uh that was a pretty awesome day. I, I wasn't I wasn't really sure how it was all gonna turn out after watching everybody else throw their bullpens, but I guess Vermont saw something. <laughs> 
Yeah, you are definitely you are one of the um, one of the many guys that have gone shown up to that tryout in Brockton and ended up on a team. So what was that like, kind of showcasing yourself in front of these guys? Well, even though you said you wanted to go to Vermont primarily, but showcasing your talents in front of these guys, and then you end up getting basically scouted like you would on a on a scout day like we have in uh, in the Futures League during the All Star game. It was. Uh... It was an awesome experience. It was just cool to get there so early in the morning, show up to the field and meet all the guys and see who's trying to go for what, what team they're looking for, what position they're going for and whatnot. It was just kind of learn a little bit about their team that they come from at school and a little bit about them as a baseball player. It was pretty cool. Saw some guys that I knew from playing in college baseball and Chase Carey actually from Vermont that I saw up there they used to play against in high school and we had no idea that we were each other were going to be there we saw each other and we're like no way is that oh look at that type deal so it was, it was really sick I, I had a great time yeah that is fun that tryout will definitely be back this year and yeah from the tryout you earn your spot on the team and you've had an electric bullpen for the last couple of years that included yourself and george goldstein who was the all-star game captain last year what's it been like playing alongside him Oh, it's been awesome. I I love George. George was by far just every day had the most like energy. He was always upbeat, always happy. From the first time he stepped on the baseball field, I knew I was going to love that kid. He just had that, I don't know, he's got that mentality. He's got the got the swagger almost. He just he's got it going on basically and I that I love that. He's not afraid to voice his words and it's always very good constructive uh I don't know, output coming from him. Like he just has a way of saying it to you that you can comprehend it, I guess, you know, when it comes to pitching. So I, I really appreciate the things that he's done for me. He kind of was one of the people that also helped me as like in the bullpen before games preparing. Cause I was never a reliever. I never, I was always a starter. So it's different coming from going to start to the bullpen. So he kind of helped me with that merge into that type of mindset. So it was pretty awesome to to be honest. He's a he's a special type of breed. <laughs> yeah, he is a special type of breed indeed. But let's talk about last year. You were part of George Goldstein's Vermont Lake Monster 2.0 team at the 2022 All Star Game in a new format last year. What did you think about that? I liked that. I liked it a lot. Honestly, that was a lot of fun uh, having the players draft and whatnot. That was kind of was cool. It was just different. It was. And I liked that a lot. I watched it. I remember sitting there watching it, and it was, it was just really cool. to way to get the players involved in something like that. So I really liked it. It was a lot of fun to go play in New Britain on the team with all the guys, every single one of the players on our team, and the other team that were all nice. I remember talking with all of them beforehand. It, was, it wasn't even like we were different teams. We were all just one big team, just split up, playing against each other, having some fun. So it was really cool. Yeah, that's great. And one thing about that All-Star game, we had George uh, Goldstein on the mic, and he kept mentioning the nickname Blue Feather to you. And he did mention the origin story, but I want to hear it from you. What What is the story behind the Blue Feather nickname? So when I first got to Vermont, uh, the pitching coach, Matt Fincher, gave me the walkie-talkie for the bullpen to call down. And one night he said that you're, I was going to be on walkie-talkie duty for the summer. So I, he was like, we need a code name. We need something going back and forth that way we know it's just us. So I said, all right. And I looked, I looked over at one of the teammates, Chase Carey again. And he goes, just, just call himself Blue Feather. 
So from then on, it was, everybody loved it. So I was blue feather from then on and it's stuck. I love it. It's just a weird out there name that I don't know. It just came from basically nothing, but sparked into something big. Cause now we got a bunch of weird nicknames all over the team. So I love it. <laughs> yeah. And those nicknames again, we'll be trotting around the field this summer and you hope to be returning to your all-star caliber season in 2023 but the all-star game this summer will be in vermont what are your thoughts on that uh that'll be really cool too i know the fans will all be very excited and i'm very excited because even if i don't make it i can still go watch some great baseball and whatnot so i'm looking forward to that honestly uh it'll be very exciting and obviously people that are not very familiar with Burlington will be probably making their first trip up there. So what is the best thing about Burlington for those who have never been there before? Church Street, no question. Just a line of outlets, stores, restaurants, bars, places for you to just go and hang out for the day. Not far from the water on Lake Champlain. So I think that's probably the best spot to go and hang out for if you're going to go for a day. Yeah, Church Street is a ton of fun, and that would have been my recommendation as well, for sure. <laughs> and I have to talk about it. Last year, you guys had it a historic season, but unfortunately, it didn't end the way you wanted it. What was it like playing in that championship game, both in front of the unbelievable crowd that you guys had in Vermont and the unbelievable crowd in Nashua, although it didn't unfortunately end in a championship for you guys? It was it was honestly crazy that atmosphere was through the roof there was just so much energy and just hype going on from at both ballparks it was so loud almost all the time it was it was awesome honestly uh tough ending but it was uh it was still a lot of fun to play in front of the fans and play against a, a great team like nashua uh they uh they're a good ball club they they all were good ball players too so Nothing nothing we can do now other than just work harder and try to be better this year. Yeah, try and go win one in 2023 for sure. And they always say that you learn your best lessons or most important lessons from failure or losses. Is there anything that you took out of the run last year that, that you've kind of used at school and, and during your, uh, your season this season? Yeah, um, first pitch when I get ahead, try not to make it such a cookie. It's kind of kind of how it is. I, uh, I don't know. I I may I hung the slider to Kyle Wolf, so that was kind of my one mistake that I really made there in that game, and I took that one with me for all the off season, just making sure that if I when I throw my off speed for a strike first pitch, not to make it right on a platter for him. So yeah, that's my that's my goal. <laughs> I'll save you from any further discourse about that on that game. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> And you talked about it earlier. You were a starter at school, but you've primarily come out of the bullpen in Vermont. What was a, was that a coach's decision? Was that a Pete Wilk decision, a Matt Fincher decision? Do you have a preference? How did that kind of all come about? That was just, I came in, I told him it didn't matter where I pitched, how, where, like what inning I pitched. I don't care if I was a starter, closer, reliever. I just wanted to be on the team and pitch in the Futures League to start, and they gave me the opportunity to close a couple of games, and it went really well. So I started to run with it, and I really liked it because I could go out for an inning, and I have one to two innings to just give it everything I've got. And there's no, like, I don't know, I don't need to pace myself like I do when I'm starting. So I can just go out there and 
try and light it up, I guess, in a sense. And I like that a lot, to be honest. It's a, uh, it's fun. It's different for sure. There's not like that long mental kind of fighting throughout to get through the whole game. It's just, you sit there, watch game and then ninth inning comes around and you, you gotta be ready to go. So I don't know. I really like that. It's uh it's different for sure, but I I've really enjoyed it. And I think that that is where I am probably best to be honest out the pen. Yeah. That's awesome that you kind of found that discovery at Vermont. And I, although you've been, you've started a couple games at new England this year, right? Yeah. yeah. So like it's going all right, I guess, but I don't know. I really like the bullpen coming out of the bullpen. is a lot of fun being able to run in from right field and all of that. It's, it's cool. It just feels so surreal. Yeah. And besides the run in from right field, uh, how is preparation different when you're a starter versus coming out of the bullpen? Bullpen, you always have to be ready. You didn't, you never know when you're going to get called on. So it's kind of like every inning, every mid inning. I mean, obviously depending on how the game's going and whatnot, but you kind of have to watch the game and be based off of that. I don't know, kind of getting your bands already ready and like you're stretched out. You're not sitting, like you can't be sitting the whole time. So whereas like a starter, once you've thrown your first bullpen before the game, you're usually set to go because you've done everything and you stay warm uh, and you're still throwing. So it's just a, it's different in the sense of you have a couple hours before the game to prepare yourself before you start to you're not sure if you're going to go in. So you have to be ready for the last or for whatever your name is called in the bullpen. So it's just a little different in that sense of mental preparation. Yeah. You always got to be ready when you're in the bullpen. You never know. Never know. So. Yeah. But you've been ready and you've gotten the job done when it mattered in the big spots in your past two seasons. And we look forward to seeing that this summer in Vermont. Before we return to Back to the Futures, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Back Company. Rob Zorian started the company, Zorian Back Company, in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Little League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, ZorianBats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. And let's transition here to your college season. I just want to ask generally, how has your college season been so far at New England College? It's been a little rough to start. Uh, We're just... I don't know. We, we haven't been able to get outside on the baseball field. Only times we've been outside are on a game on, or during the games. Um, so it's been tough to, I don't know, defensively, we're struggling a little bit right now and the bats aren't as hot as they could be or should be right now, but we're starting to put it together and uh, we're starting to get, hopefully it's starting to get hot. seems to be, we got two games today, so we'll find out if we keep the streak going or not. And I don't know. We'll, uh, we just need to put the small things together and start hitting the ball, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this here on Wednesday before release day, and we got a couple of games today, and it's, it's starting to get warmer. We got a little bit warmer temperatures coming out, so you guys you guys are going to hit the outside soon. I got faith. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. <laughs> we need it. Mother Nature's got to start working in your favor. Yeah, she's got to start working with us, not against us. <laughs> exactly. 
And we talked a lot this offseason about to players about balancing schedules, whether it's school and baseball and social life and whatever else. What is the biggest advice that you have for that when it comes to trying to balance everything that you've got going on in your life right now? Time management and I don't know, just kind of realizing that once you, when you have your school, when it comes to schoolwork, you just got to do that right away. I found that that works best for me. If I do it right away, right after class, it's when I get the most work done in the least amount of time because I just learned it in class. I'm still in that mindset. So I get that done. And then I don't know, I pretty much just baseball for me. I live with all my buddies on the team. So we just all go work out and go to practice together and stuff. So, but it's time management. You have a lot of time on your hands. It's just how well do you use your time that you have? So I, I like to get all my work done early and then focus on baseball the rest of the day. So that's me. No, that's uh, fair. And w- would you say that time management is the biggest challenge? What other, ch- are there any other challenges that you face there with trying to balance everything? Um, I don't know. My biggest one is time management. Cause I know that if I manage my time correctly, then I will be, I will set myself up for success at the end of the day. So as long as my day is managed and I stick to it, it's all good. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And it's, it's something that a lot of college guys struggle with. And we talked to on this podcast about, again, trying to balance everything and having routine is super important. A lot of the guys have said that. So that that's great. You've got your time managed correctly. Yeah. A a routine is very big. They're correct. That is probably the biggest, biggest piece to, I don't know, life in general is a routine. Once you get into a routine, you can, it kind of just flows. It's not as choppy. It's not as stressful. I don't know, less to worry about, I feel like. 100%. And New England College is a D3 school, and I've asked every D3 guy on this podcast this question. You will be no different. How much pride do you take in playing for a Division three school? I take a lot of pride, honestly. As it, it doesn't – I've learned from the Futures League that it's not necessarily how good you are. It's more so where you're from and who you know, in a sense. So it doesn't matter if you're D3 or D1. If you work hard and you want to be good, you can be good and you you can play at the next level. It's just a matter of if you get the look and whatnot. So I don't know, just always work hard. That's the way I always look. I try to just work hard and I work everybody around me. That's my goal. It just pushes me to be better and I hope to push them to be better. So just kind of, and we, that's kind of how we do it on D3 is, or I'm sure they do it the same D1, but it's, I don't, it's not much different to me. It's just a number one to three. So. Yeah. And that's what I love about the futures league is no matter, you know, who you're looking at, it doesn't matter what school they're from. It's about baseball and it's purest form. It's, you know, who's got the stuff one day, who's got the stuff the next day. It doesn't matter what school they go to. doesn't matter what number is um, beside that division. It's just, it's baseball. Yep. And that's what I love about it. <laughs> it really is. And you guys at New England College are in the NECC, which is a very small conference of made up of just four teams. But a lot of the teams that you face on your schedule have Futures League ties to them, whether it's guys who are on Vermont or guys that are not on your team. And you actually have Shane Audette on your team as well, who's a, a former Futures Leaguer. What's it like kind of seeing all those guys during the summer and then in the in your college season just spread around your schedule? It's awesome. Honestly, I love it. We go and play them and I get to go over and say, Hey, and just catch up with them, see how their season's been going, how their off season was and whatnot. So I don't know. It's just a, it, 
full circle. It brings a bunch of people together. The connections are awesome. They're, I know they're connections that I'll have for the rest of my life. And I, yeah, I'm very grateful for it, to be honest. Yeah, it's always so, so funny seeing guys post about, oh, like, hey, we're playing this team today and, and this guy's on it. And I was just teammates with him two months ago, that type of thing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so much fun. I wish we got to play Tufts. That is the one school I wish we got on our schedule. I wanted to play Tufts. I would have loved to see the boys over it. The Jumbos. <laughs> yeah, the Jumbos over at Tufts. Plenty of those guys on Vermont and around the Futures League for sure. Yes. And going back even further to your high school days, you were at Middlebury High School, which a lot of the, again, there's a lot of Futures League guys that have come through that high school as well, playing in Vermont. What was your time like there? Uh, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I liked Middlebury. It was like a small town. Uh, baseball wasn't the best, that's for sure, but um, it was still a lot of fun. We, I don't know, we just got to, honestly, I don't even know. We we didn't win many games in high school, but we, we had a fun time doing it, that's for sure. We just enjoyed it. We, we knew we were going to be playing against the big, the big schools up north, and we were, we had a solid 11 kids come out for the team every year, so we we knew what we were going against. We just had a good time, and uh, I was I was thankful for everybody that came out to the team because I know some years we almost didn't even have a team. So it was uh, I was thankful that we got to play on the field. <laughs> yeah, eleven guys is not a lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was what we had to work with. So, but but hey, that happens. And, yeah, and we got clearly you made the most clearly you made the most of it because you're playing college baseball. So yeah, <laughs> something, something went right. Yeah, something had to have gone right. And I got a couple more questions here before we sign off. The first one, obviously, as a pitcher, I got to ask about the new major league rules and specifically the pitch clock. I'm curious as to, number one, whether you like that or not, and number two, how you how you would manage it if it was part of your game? So, I mean, I, I guess I don't necessarily mind it in the sense of a pitcher being able to just work fast. Like, you can get back on the rubber and go, and get on and go type deal, but – at the same time, it if you're a hitter or a pitcher and you're like having a rough, like you just hit a rough patch or like stuff starts to spiral for you, I feel like the pitch clock kind of screws you over because you can't calm down and just refine it. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting kind of rule change. Um, I don't know really how I feel about it just yet. If it if I had to deal with it, I don't really know if I'd like it because in college they've like not implemented it but the like the umpires are kind of being wary of it so like a couple of my starts so far i've like had them stand behind like when they're standing right behind the mound just be like oh the pitch clock's almost up and it's like i didn't realize that i actually had a pitch clock and that i had to worry about it so i don't know it's it's kind of it'd be it's hard to get used to for sure or it would be hard to get used to just because it's so different you're used to being able to kind of switch up your timings on delivery like Sometimes I like to hold for a very long time. And sometimes I don't like to hold for a very long time. So like you can't, you got to be careful with that, with the pitch clock. Cause I don't know. So I guess my holds were going over the pitch clock every once in a while. So it's just something different that um, I don't know. Got to get used to, I guess. Yeah. That's a good point is a lot of, you said it, a lot of pitchers, the reason that they're taking so much time is because sometimes they're, you know, they're spiraling there's guys on base. They need to calm themselves down. And as you said, slow the game down, but you literally are not allowed to slow the game down anymore because they're making you pitch the ball. Yeah. They took it, they took it out. So I don't know. It's just different. Uh, it's going to a lot, a lot of mental state is going to have to change. So I don't know. 
I'm curious to see how it turns out. Yeah, there's been a couple violations so far with about a week in here to the season, but but it's uh it looks like it sped the game up, which is yes, it was their goal. So yes, they they did hit their goal. <laughs> of course, that that's all that matters. That is all that matters. <laughs> All right, and then I got a final question for you here, and it's it's going to be a toughie. Just bear with me here. Your favorite all-time baseball memory, if you had to choose one. I got to go with when we won in Vermont, to be honest with you. That game uh, that game was just electric. It felt like a movie. Like, it didn't even feel real. Like, I had, I had unbelievable just – I was shocked and so excited and I don't remember much. I just remember it kind of just all went black and I was just like, let's go. Like I didn't even know what was going on, but uh, that was so much fun. Uh, that's probably one of my best memories, to be honest with you, watching Chris Clark throw 97 by the kid to strike him out and end the game. That was, I'll never forget that ever. Yeah, that was an incredible championship in 21 between Pittsfield and Vermont. And, you know, it ended it with you guys winning it. And you, as you said, Chris Clark, he looked good when he was throwing yes. Yes, trying to get did. those guys out. So that was awesome. Yes, he did. <laughs> All right, why Cameron? He is back for his third year in Vermont here in 2023. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. And we look forward to seeing you again this summer, man. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to it too. Can't wait to get back out there. And this has been Season 6, Episode 8 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out every Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.